Michael Gevin here with Jumpstart Sessions. So I'm super excited to bring you these one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching sessions. These are kind of behind the scenes and coaching videographers and filmmakers. And if you'd like to kind of cherry pick what you'd like to even listen to on each episode, you can go to jumpstartsessions.net. And on there, you'll be able to find the show notes for each and every single episode. There's also an assessment that I have each person take that I coach. You'll be able to see their results on the show notes page for each episode. You'll also be able to take the assessment yourself so you can kind of compare results. If you yourself would like to be coached on a Jumpstart session, you'll also just go to jumpstartsessions.net and it'll say, get coached on the podcast. You fill out a questionnaire and as of right now, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. And so ultimately, that's all I've got for now. I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's rock and roll. Kayla? Welcome to yes. Jumpstart Sessions. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. So first and foremost, as you've heard on all the other ones, as you were just saying, just give me a little bit of kind of background of where you're at, what you've been doing, and what you'd like to get out of this as I'm you know, asking different questions as I continue to go along too. So, Sure. So I started from a broadcast journalism background. Okay. So I went to school um, at UCF in Orlando for broadcast journalism. And oh, you're good. <laughs> so I thought I wanted to be a reporter, basically, mm -hmm. like an on-camera news reporter. That was my dream to, you know, be a local anchor and then work my way up to network was like my ultimate goal. Got it. But then once I graduated, I realized, I don't know, the, the market, I don't know if you're familiar with news too much, but like you make bit. probably... Yeah, like I was getting offers for 19000 for three-year contract. Like mm -hmm. it was just, you know, moving to a small town. And I really thought about my life and like, hmm, I know they're sacrificed, but I don't know if I want to <laughs> do that much. Sure. So I stayed in town and became a writer for local news. Okay. So I was writing for the anchors, the scripts. And How then I said, well... You? It was okay. It was it was a learning experience. I got to really learn about the industry a lot mm -hmm. because I was there, you know, in the mornings. I had did a two like a.m. Yeah, I did. I liked it, but I realized when I was there, I was really jealous of the people who got to go out in the field, yeah, and okay. that was kind of like where I started to go. Hmm, okay, well, because I could do the producer path. That's easier to do as a writer in the beginning. Yeah. to go and then become a producer, you can move up very quickly. But I just okay. had no interest, to be honest. I was like, mm, you know. Yeah. So then I started, they gave me an opportunity at one of the news stations I worked at to go on camera and do, because they had a lot of older on-camera personalities and they needed mm -hmm. someone to talk about YouTube and viral videos. Okay. So I started doing that. And through that, I got to build my reel. Okay. Even though it was an on-camera position, it, it helped me leverage the next job I got was, which was a video blogger okay. at a, a newspaper in town. Okay. And then that's when I got a camera given to me. I got to go out and shoot, you know, events and feature stories and really edit. And I, you know, I had the background from college, but that's when I really started to every single day shoot and edit and, you know, work on social media posts and, okay. and that sort of thing. And then, so from there, now I'm at a startup, which is, okay. I'm working remotely, but I have to be in Orlando because it's about Orlando and living here and things oh, to okay. do. Um, but I mean, now I have even more freedom to do what I want. And now I'm starting to see like, okay, so people 
people that I've worked with through my current position, they want to hire me for other things. And so that's what I've been kind of doing. And they're, they're very open about letting you do side work. So that's where I'm at now. I'm not unhappy in any way. Like I'm very happy, but I do have a dream to travel. And that's been a very big thing on my mind lately. You know, I'm in my late twenties now. So I'm, and I'm not married. I, I kind of want to, if I'm going to do this, telepathically like, asking you if you were yeah. married, you family, <laughs> no and- kids. Yeah. So I'm pretty, you know, and I live in, I have a roommate. We live in like a very small condo. It's, you know, I'm saving money. So this is like the next couple of years. If I'm going to do this, like I want to do it. You and know, describe before. the dream. So to paint a picture for what that kind of vision and dream scenario looks like for you. I would love to either have an RV or something where I'm traveling by road and going across the country and on the way telling stories like short doc style or journalism style. And if not the US, I would love to travel abroad and stay at hostels and just create content along the way. And that's just, I've been thinking about that for like some form of that for years and until the last Honestly, when I signed up for full-time filmmaker, that's how I kind of like really started to focus on the skills and getting that down. You know, now it feels very clear, like, okay, I could do this. I just need to figure out the steps to do it. Like, how do I go out and take the leap and jump out of the plane and all, you know. It's interesting because your your kind of profile, the, the, the assessment you took that everybody takes, I mean, you're a jump out of the plane and build your wings on the way down type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. You're still employed then, right? Like you're, you oh, have yeah. a lot of freedom, but there's, have you always to where you're at? Like how, how old are you? If you mind sharing? 28. 28. So all of your adult life, have you been employed by someone? Yeah. And okay. that's the fear I think that comes with that security. And I've had, I, you know, I had two weeks between college and my first job mm-hmm. and then no time in between really okay. other than that. So had you ever been entrepreneurial at all, um, throughout yeah, you know, I had in college, I had a, I built a website about local music. So I got to go shoot and edit and, and that sort of thing for concerts. And honestly, the only reason I even did it was to go to free concerts, Sure. you know, and it was just kind of like, I have the time, I might as well I'll get practice. Um, so I've been very good at being able to do trades. I've done that when I've traveled before where I'll, you know, stay at a hostel and trade for a video or stay at a place and yeah, trade for the experience. For sure. So in that way, yes, but like selling stuff like, like other than video and my skills, no. Yeah. Now with, um, cause it's interesting. There's this one line that's called the regulatory or how black and white of a thinker you are. And you're a five out of a hundred, which is oh, basically okay. you have, you see the world in complete color. There's no, there's a million ways to do something. So some mm-hmm. people who that lines a lot higher they're very black and white. So it's either this way or this way. That's it. There's no other ways to do it, which can be very crippling because if the way you think it needs to be done doesn't work for you, then you're screwed and there's no other way. So you're very much like, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of ways, but right now there's what way, like there's probably, maybe that's part of it. There's so many ways. There's so Mm -hmm. many options. There's so many opportunities. What do I choose? Do you feel a little bit of that kind of shiny object, you know? Yeah. A little bit. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you. I mean, but no, I definitely think that way. And I feel like, and I think from watching and hearing other people in the industry, it's like, okay, do I want to go down the journalism road and like commit to that? Cause that's what I'm, I'm known for. Or should I take a leap and then start doing 
you know, more product videos and branded videos because I'm interested in that. I just don't have experience. So it's like kind of that tethered, well, do I stay with what I'm used to or do I go and try something else and, you know, see how it goes. I, I basically know what I want. Like I want freedom. That's important sure. to me. For like sure. I want to have the ability to, you know, do what I want when I want, at least to a point, you know, having a boss is fine, but like having the ability to make as much money as I want to make potentially yeah. is important yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, and I want to travel other than that. It could go a million different ways and I would be okay with it. Right. Right. Um, I'm just thinking here for a second cause it, yeah. it's, it's fun. It's, it's interesting. So, um, how much do you feel you need to potentially take that leap and start? To, Cause I mean, that lifestyle to a degree mm-hmm. is not an expensive lifestyle in the big picture no. of things like the, let me get an RV that on certain levels is potentially the most expensive thing you'd have, which could still be far cheaper than people who live in New York or San Francisco or other areas. So there's this level of like, what do you need? What is the fear of like, is it getting work? Like if I'm just randomly all over the place and I don't know people in any given area, how am I going to make money? Is that? Yeah, that's the fear. It's, it's going to, I don't know, North Dakota and saying, okay, I want to go find stories here, but no one's paying me to do that, you know? And how right. much- Because right now, I mean, there's this other line, like the control and kind of power line, you don't mind, which is why you're tolerating more than I, I can't tolerate at all necessarily having a boss or somebody telling me what mm-hmm. to do because my line there on this like power, like control line is much higher. So I want yeah. to be in control. I don't want to be controlled. For mm-hmm. you, to a degree, there's a level of like, you don't mind if somebody's just telling you what to do a little bit mm-hmm. and you'll get it done though. Like you're very, you're driven, you're, you're, you're probably decisive, you're, you can get things done. But if you got somebody that's just telling you what to do a little bit, you don't love that because it depends on how much flexibility they're going to give yeah. you. But at the same time, you'll have a, a tolerance for it that somebody who's more your opposite just cannot tolerate. Like I can't tolerate it. Whereas you're, mm-hmm. you're 28, I mean, I was self-employed, no boss, no being controlled from like 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a difference, but there's, there's, so there's that, the, the risk is now, if nobody's telling me what to do and nobody's paying me to do it, will I just flounder around and then end up running out of money? Now, how much does family influence you from your, your upbringing and things like that, where you're having some being afraid of that because family or friends or whomever has, in, sure. you know, said things that make you think otherwise. Yeah. I mean, so my mom is a teacher, so she's always had a very structured, you know, like school year and this is how things work and you work for the government and you get your, you know, insurance and makes that's important. And I've always, you know, I'm in that age group where the plan when you're in high school was go to college sure. and then get a job, you know? And so I kind of subscribe to that. And i felt like, well, as long as I don't get stuck in one place or in one rut and I keep evolving, I'm okay. And every couple of years I got to go and experience a different position or a different news station. That kind of like gave me enough push to like keep motivated. But yeah. I always knew at the end of the day, like I want to do what I'm talking about now. I just never felt ready. Yeah. But I feel ready now. I just don't want to pull the trigger too fast because I'm things are going well here now. I'm starting to like get extra work and and build up that savings, which is great. I've never had that ever in my life. And so that's now, phenomenal. That's, yeah. And, and and there's no, 
You know, the interesting thing is, is I'm, I'm one of those oddballs that at times, you know, I've had too much because some people need that, like, tell me what to do or do this or do that. And I'm not this, you should do this. Just jump, just leap. Just, I, I believe in versions of that, but at the same times, we need to kind of think through, well, what, what, cause you've got to find what do you need? Because if you don't get clear on that, that's just going to keep evolving. And we could be having a conversation where you're saying you're ready five years. Cause that's what I found with me at times where time evaporates, like your kind of style can just get like, just like me, I get lost. And all of a sudden I'm like hours have passed, days have oh, passed, yeah. months have passed, years have passed. And then mm-hmm. you'll, you'll never, like there was a guy actually, I want to, I'm going to reach out to him. I just saw it in full-time filmmaker. And then I went over to his video I only got to watch like 30 seconds and it was saying something about how I saw the post, which was, I haven't gone full time. I haven't quit my job and he's got a net worth of $500,000. So, and I have a guy that I did some coaching where I won't say what it is or anything, but like, he's like, he's no, he has no less fear when he was at a thousand dollars to having Mm $90,000. So psychologically, there's, if, if something isn't changed, he could have 500, he could have a million and there's still the fear will be like, I'll lose it all tomorrow mm-hmm. and I won't quit. And so they'll never, it's like, so it's like, well, you're ready, but you're not, and things are going good. So how's that safe route where you could be talking about it eight years from now? Because at some time they say about kids and people have been telling that I'm going to be 33 and, and whatnot, but like, you know, you're never ready to have a mm-hmm. kid. You know, and so there's this level and you see a lot of people, if they get fired, if certain circumstances happen, then they, they make it happen, but we yeah. won't make it happen ourselves. But you're, it's interesting because the way you're wired, I don't, as, of the calls I've done and everything I've known through the years of like different profiles I've studied through my buddy, your style tends to, you know, like I said, jump out of the plane, build their wings on the way down, but also is much easier at making it work than your mm-hmm. opposite style. So if, if people go to jumpstartsessions.net and start looking at the profiles as I'm talking through this, you'll see there's this red, yellow, green, and blue. And if you start to observe the calls with people and you look at their, their results and you hear what they're saying, the people who are high on the green and blue are very scared at taking the jump. So I could almost bet all my money I have, everything, that the guy who is at 500,000 though has an extreme high green and blue line because there's no, he lives on hope and fear, hope and fear, hope and fear. Like, and so there's this level, I can't jump. Like I need a professional wing builder. I've actually got 80 of them. They've all built these wings. They've tested them 50 times, Mm -hmm. but I still don't feel safe. Whereas your style tends to jump and take the action and make things happen, make it up as they go along. You're willing to like the things you're already doing, being a reporter, let me go up in the street. Let me say something. Some, Hey, how you doing? Like these people mm-hmm. are like, I don't want to even leave the house at times if I don't have, <laughs> if I shoot yeah. something, I'd rather shoot scenery because I don't want to interact with people. Yeah. And so you, you have that in you. So there's that level of what, what do you, what do you think would push you? When, when will be right? When will be safe in your mind right now? Well, one of the big things that I just did recently, which is the first time ever, I paid off a student loan. It was one of the smaller Congratulations. ones. Congratulations. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, it was a, a private one that I took, but it was, you know, I had the same amount. I looked at my expenses and I think in the, in the form I filled out, I said I had like $40,000 in debt, but I yeah. actually only have like 20. And I realized- Did that just happen was, in like the last three weeks? No, <laughs> but I had, 
I had known my amount and then I just, I guess I had not factored in how much I've been paying every month. And so I went back and my car has been being paid off. So I went and, you know, wrote everything down. I have about 20,000 in, in debt. So I'm getting closer. And then I had one loan for about 3000 and okay. normally I would be afraid to like, you know, put a full amount down because that's exactly what I had in my savings for my extra work. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pay it off. And you know, have faith that it's going to be returned back to me, you know? So that was one of the things for me. It's just psychologically, like you said, sure. I'm going to take that it. a weight. Did a weight. Did you oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. And now I have the car. So that's kind of the next one. And I feel like if I could get the car, but then I say, well, am I just saying that? Cause I'm delaying the next <laughs> you know, step. Yeah. But I, you know, I have about 7,000 on the car. If yeah. I could get the car paid off, then I wouldn't have anything really to pay while I'm on the road, other yeah. than like a $200 a month student loan, which I yeah, think so I could do. Down to, uh, what are your costs going to be under a thousand dollars a month then a month? Yeah, I think so. I feel like I could make that work. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, and I yeah. noticed on your other thing, I mean, let's talk a little bit about some, I mean, it, cause it's interesting. Do you, I saw there, there's a wedding video on here. I mean, what are some of the things, do you have any desire to do weddings? Um, not really. I really do like um, storytelling. Like that's very important to me. And I like the documentary journalistic type of work. I, I don't mind if it's branded because I think those can do well. Like Great Big Story does a really good job of doing that or Vice does a really good job of branded content. So I'm not against that in like an ethics way, but I really do like telling people stories. And I for weddings, you can do that, which is why I've kind of you know, through the mm -hmm. vows and whatever, and kind of bring that message forward. Yeah. But just to shoot a video with no audio and just images, it's not really appealing. I'll do it. I do it now. But yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, I always, you know, my biggest thing, and I keep almost getting more and more and more bullish about it is like, the more you truly are aligned and love it, you're mm -hmm. going to win at it. If you're just doing it, and the amount of times now I have seen the people who are you know, doing amazing in weddings, really amazing in short periods of time, they really genuinely want to do weddings. Yeah. And the people who are really struggling with it think that weddings are the thing that they need to do, they have to do, but if they didn't have to, they wouldn't. And mm -hmm. so there's this always kind of exit strategy. I've said this before, you know, there's this exit strategy before you've entered. So how, how much will you push to make anything happen in an area that if something fell out of the sky right now and I gave you a bunch of money, you'd, you'd get out of it in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. I wouldn't do another wedding if I had you right. know, someone funding, but it's also like, while well, I'm here, you know, I'm getting an offer, might as well not turn down yeah, money. Well, when things, you know? And I always tell people that too. If things flop into your lap, that's yeah. one thing. Like, go take the extra $1,500, the extra thousand dollars. It's when mm -hmm. we're actively marketing you know, things that we don't want to do. Cause I'll see people, sure. they've been four years in now and they've got a portfolio full of stuff they hate doing, but they're like, it pays the bills. Mm -hmm. and there's these few things. It's like, well, they'll pay your bills probably on some level the rest of your life, unless you make that. Like when I, it wasn't that yeah. I hated them, but something hit me that I didn't want to do weddings anymore. This was in 2011. I shot my last wedding in 2014. So it wasn't super mm -hmm. fast, but I, I saw that I wasn't going to do them forever. And I started taking the steps and the actions necessary and I evolved out of it. And yeah. that's kind of where you're at. Like there's this, you know, you're, you're evolving out of this like back and forth between, do I take the safe? Just kind of probably other people mm -hmm. are saying, why don't you just do that? Or you're good at it. 
right? There's that level. Yeah. You're good yeah. at it. You're capable. You're competent. But there's this mm-hmm. internal pull towards this, like, I got to at least fulfill this. Even if it, and, and that's the thing, too, to think about with what you're saving and everything else. Of course, nothing's set in stone. More than likely, you take a little random six-month hiatus or something, and then you might go, hell yes. This is it. <laughs> yeah. I'm all in. Let's do this deeper. Or you might go, you know what? I thought this would be a lot different than it was. And this isn't as everything that it was, you know, cracked up to be. So yeah. And people thought I was insane for leaving the big newspaper for a startup. And I thought, well, no, it's, this is more what I want to do. And it was clear to me, like, no, you don't understand what, what I'm going for. My ultimate goal is to do this on my own shooting and, you know, being on camera and up there. Yeah. And honestly, like if I could pick anything, but it's just the, for me, it's like, okay, all I know how to get money from is doing a client based video. And that's been working for me. But if I could have my YouTube channel or something where I'm creating the content and people want to watch it, that would be to me the best case scenario. Well, the interesting thing too, tell me, I forgot to bring this up, but I had looked at this. I was like, holy crap, before I got on the call, when you have 26,000, 28,000 people following you on Facebook, yeah, that was from my video blogger days at the Orlando Sentinel. So it's okay. kind of tapered out. So that started in, uh, I, I started that job in 2016. And okay. it's, I had 1,000 followers then on Facebook. And in six months, it went to 28,000. And then it stopped. And I don't know why. I think it's probably something with Facebook and how it all worked. Because I started putting out the same, I haven't changed my content strategy. Okay. But when was yeah. It? That was 2016, the year of 2016. So just six months yeah. from like February till, you know, June. Yeah, I mean, whatnot. stuff, Facebook and Instagram, they're crazy with the stuff they've done, especially the business-esque profiles and non-personal pages. Like they're really, mm-hmm. I'm looking back at old posts where I've reposted something that I get in the memories on Facebook. It'll be like, oh, yeah. I'm like it had 120 likes and 80 comments. So I'll just be like, well, that was four years ago. Let me post it again and just see what happens. There's probably plenty yeah. of people who haven't seen it and it won't do crap. Yeah. Now my personal page that is, mm-hmm. I'm like, it can't not resonate that drastically now relative to the last time when I had posted it years ago. Now yeah. it doesn't have any resonance with people. And I know that people aren't going, I already saw that either. I've got like, four or 5,000 friends or wasn't four or 5,000 interactions on it. So it's like the, the, that stuff's hard, but I was just, I was just curious. I mean, that's the other thing that you might really consider as well for your work. You got to have a decent network of connections via everything that you have that you mm-hmm. could reach out to and start either the good old free to fee method too. And, and you've said you've been good with trades, but how much do you speed that process up or elevate that? Like how much are you doing yeah. outside of what you're being told to do with the startup and your job? Mm-hmm. Like that versus independent, your own stuff. Well, I mean, 40 hours for sure, at least is going to my job is, right okay. there. Yeah. But probably I would say lately I've been getting 20 hours additionally doing side projects. So there's a, a guy in town who has a tourism blog for a okay. city. So I'm doing content for him and that's been great. That's very consistent. Like once a week, at least a video shot and edited in the town. So that's good. And then mm-hmm. I have a recruiting firm that I did a story with that they do testimonials and, you know, safety videos and that sort of thing. So at least once a month I'm doing that and they pay higher than the guy who pays me weekly so that's great and now, with those are you doing the exact type of work that you want to do no definitely not 
So there's where you, and you, if you've listened to them all, you've most definitely probably heard me say yeah. subway model thing. You probably know what I'm going to say. Totally. That. And I always think that I'm like, man, I am totally subway just, <laughs> outside of work. Yes, exactly. Right. And, 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 and that's where, you know, when given opportunities, how do you, and do one of two things, because here's what I'm finding. And I'm, I'm, I've started to compare this as well. So when I originally did my first wedding same day edit, it was in 2006. Mm-hmm. So now, I mean, the amount of same day editing of very stylized things that's happening is in abundance of people doing blogs and things that look amazing. And they're doing it daily at times. Yeah. But back in the day, nobody even knew a good wedding video necessarily existed, let alone you were going to show it at the reception. So when I would talk to people who basically didn't experience it, now, their friend could tell them about it, but if they weren't there and didn't experience it, anyone who didn't experience it who spoke to me was very confused. They didn't mm-hmm. understand it. They didn't know why they wanted it. They would say, why would we do that? Why would, wouldn't it be better if you had more than a couple hours? And for years, I, I really didn't have a confident comeback. I thought, well, maybe you're right. I mean, it probably would be better if I had more than a couple. I, all this stuff. And so it was very difficult to sell, but I sold them what I I guess should do the, the peers, the industry, the normal, whatever. And I kind of did that. It wasn't stuff that I was as excited about, yeah. but it, it got the sale. Now I would do the majority of the weddings. I would do the same day at it. I would surprise them. Little did I know that that was the greatest thing decision I ever did because that transitioned my whole career in so many ways. But mm-hmm. had I been looking for permission on every job or needing, the, you know, needing to get paid to do it, and outside of the, the first one I just did for fun, which I was a surprise free one, and I got encouraged by the industry to, to get paid. You need to get paid for your time. You need to get paid for your work. You know, I, would have, I don't know what would have ever happened. And so yeah. I'm learning that even what I'm doing right now with the call with you, the behind the scenes coaching I'm doing with people with this Voxer app and things, like it's not normal again. So therefore, I'm running into resistance of people not understanding it, not getting it. And so I have to, I do trials, I do different things. I'm like, if they experience it, one, I'll get more confident, I'll get more clear about explaining it. And, and that makes a big difference. Like when we're, like when I shifted with weddings the, and started getting booked to just do same day edits, my work wasn't better. They didn't stop asking those questions. It was literally me going, well, other people may make a better video in you know, 80 hours or eight weeks or whatever, but the best videos I make are made that day. And that shift in, in confidence to convey that made a huge difference. Yeah. Now, I have a lot of confidence still around this, but there's still vagueness. It's still misunderstood. And so I'm doing it as much as I can, irregardless if I get paid for it. And so there's some of this stuff, if you're getting paid to do what they want, because you may not possess the confidence yet to say, this is all I do, potentially, mm-hmm. you could at least experiment with attempting to do what you want to do what you'd prefer to do with yeah. those opportunities that you have, because then either they'll see the truth or they'll see the light or they'll see the whatever and go, wow, your way is better than the way we thought, but we didn't know any better. So that's why we're having you do this. And that's just something that I would really, um, you know, encourage you to do because I just see that we'll, we'll never, no matter what you'd end up doing, if you don't build up that kind of trust in yourself or have those examples that are like this, if somebody saw this, I'd be so pumped if they asked me to do this. And if you went for, for a long time, um, I've changed, finally did just change it up, even made it actually simpler, but I hadn't changed my site in forever. 
Mm -hmm. On the homepage of my site, I think there was, we'll call it 10. There was 10 videos and two of them were paid. Eight of them were free videos. Mm. But the work that I had done that was for free was truly what led to all the paid opportunities. But I think at times if we don't just do them somehow, some way, even at times without permission, then we'll mm-hmm. never get to do them and we'll never be confident and, and be sought after to do that type of work. So I don't know, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts there on that? No, I agree. I think that's great. It's, it's finding the time of the day to balance it sure. for sure. I get but, it. But, and I also run a uh, YouTube channel about desserts. I don't know if I put that in there. I didn't see that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Sweet Seekers. So okay. basically it's going out and trying different desserts and candy and talking about it and that's kind of like my little pet project now that's like helping me feel like okay this is how running a channel would feel like okay I don't have as much time as I'd like to dedicate to it but I'm doing it like consistently with Instagram and trying to grow that in the same time but yeah I totally like agree out of time in a day Totally. And I feel like now since I, in the last probably six months, I'm more focused than ever on doing video, practicing my skills, trying new things, you know, getting the drone up in the air. Cause before I would talk myself out of it, like, well, you deserve a break or, you know, you can learn that later. And now I don't know why. And just, I think paying the money for the course really like zapped my brain and said, well, you, you got to try now cause you're committed. So, um, so now I feel like, yes, finding the time to, to do that. I'm not distracted by, you know, anything else. It's just sure. getting all the projects in priority, not screwing up my current job, not, you know, not having them be upset by, you know, the amount of work. And then, and then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, what do I want to do? And that's yeah. the last thing on the list. Sure. So that's where I think, you know, if I could cut some of the other things out and move that up, it would be. What would you, I mean, We've gone a little banter here back and forth. What is there any specific questions that, I mean, you've listened to a bunch of these now. Is is there something you'd like to ask me? How how do you think, you know, what is that little thing that you really need? How do you think I can provide some support and help on this that you're curious about? Pitching for me is something I, I, struggle with like you said when i know people and i've met them face to face or i've done a video or done an interview then that's the people who are coming to me later could be six months from when i met them but and say hey you know i thought of you when now we need content or now we need you know this but i would like to be the one at the you know the beginning end and saying this is what i can provide you and not be the subway be more of like you don't even know what you need but this is what i could do for you yeah. So it's it's designing that like is that through video that I show people is it through like going out and meeting people in person what have you found to be the best thing for that Yeah well I I think you know we we talk about clarity here all the time what I've noticed in my own life and I ebb and flow between at times being super clear and unclear and I find when I'm super clear great things happen. When I'm super unclear, not great things happen. That's obvious on certain levels, but it's like, so what are we unclear about? And if you're unclear about your offering, your product, you know, what you would be selling, all of that, then it's going to be hard for you to not be Subway because it's easier to just be told what to do than it is to tell somebody else what to do that you don't know what to tell, (laughs) you know, that makes sense. And so, you know, that's where it's back to, you know, 
it's interesting. I mean, I had gotten known for basically a, a sizzle reel, a music video, which is uh, on, on, on certain levels, what Parker has taught in full-time filmmaker, he has taught to make a really beautiful music video. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a lot about making business promotional films, getting interviews, you know, all those types of things where as I found through the years, yeah, you can have some stuff like he's having happen where you get so big on YouTube and people just have you make a sizzle highlight for them as a sponsored video. But in, 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 I would say it's not the real world. That's the real world too. But in, in a regular basis of getting hired from, you know, businesses, um, mm-hmm. et cetera, to hire you, one of the events we even filmed for, we did just an on-site edit for three years and we weren't doing any testimonials. And actually when they came to me, they said, this is what we want. I was at a confidence stage in my life there. And I said, well, that's, if you really want that, that's like, that's not what we do. And I wasn't even going to do it though. So it wasn't like, well, that's what you really want. We can do it, which we Mm -hmm. could have. It was, if that's what you really want, then I'm going to have to either use somebody else or refer you to somebody, you know, whatever. And so I I very much stood for what I was great at and what I didn't do. And at that point in time, I wasn't even good at interviews. So I literally sold them in. Well, other people that are hiring me are just hiring me to do this on-site sizzle. We get all the B-roll, we give you a hard drive, and they're even hiring a different crew, which ironically enough, I wasn't providing, I wasn't making any money off of. I'm like, they're hiring a different crew to just focus on getting testimonials. Hmm. And then I give you the B-roll, you get the testimonials, and you guys can put something together. So I didn't help them find the interview people. I didn't help them edit anything else. I just was in a weird place, and I sold my on-site edit. Like Hmm. music and clips, that's it. And I was averaging between probably three to five, maybe 6,000 on average for the, that single video. So three years in, we do this one um, uh, uh, video like that. And then essentially they had something happen to the people who were doing the interviews. And they asked me that, do I know anybody? Well, at that point in time, I now transitioned. I'm like, well, we actually can do that. So we, we sold them on, we could do what those other people, but do it all in house. We could do the interviews. We could edit those videos, everything. The interesting mm. thing was, also in that transition of us taking that on, they didn't want the on-site sizzle anymore because they had A-B tested the music video with just clips and music against the testimonial video. Yeah. And our thing didn't convert as well as the one with the testimonials. And what I found through the years is that although from a videographer standpoint, by God, the easiest thing on earth to do is get beautiful looking clips and put them to a song. Yeah. But the value threshold that provides to a client is not really high because mm-hmm. you, you, you know, with storytelling that I, I believe that you're talking about, cause you've gotten into already saying here like, well, the wedding, I mean, yeah, I know you can do some stuff, but like, I, you know, it's like just putting clips and music together doesn't really excite me. Yeah. Um, so you like telling that story. Well, that's a valuable skill to have because it provides so much more value to be able to get those interviews or those testimonials or those different things for a client weave that together and now the video may look and feel the same it might still be a three and a half minute video but now you've got those interviews weaved in yeah and um and that makes a big difference so that being said do you have those exact kind of pieces that you can then present to anyone that you're coming in contact with like the exact type of piece not random variations that aren't in alignment, but like the exact type of video, like if I got to go to a place, go to a brand, go to whoever, film, do some interviews, get some sound bites and put that together, do I have that video in my arsenal right now? 
I have versions. I have the version that fits into where I've worked previously. Okay. I don't have one that I would do from scratch. So that kind of that would be a challenge. And I would say step yeah. one, again, there's where it's free or not, do that. Because mm -hmm. all you need is one case study that every interaction, every connection, every relationship, everything you have, that's what you lead with. And then as yeah. you start to, to go from there, you might have more even strategic specific ones. Because what I've seen is when I did the Tim Ferriss thing way back in the day, I had primarily filmed weddings. Mm -hmm. And they were having a freaking you know, nightclub party. <laughs> wedding just wasn't really the right match. But a few months earlier, you probably heard me say before, I filmed a free video for a company that was having a Halloween nightclub-ish party. Mm. And I did that for free. That alone turned into over $80,000 of revenue, freelance camera work for that company that I did the free Halloween party for. But I sent that video to Tim Ferriss's assistant. It was the only video I sent. I had lots of other videos, but they were primarily weddings. But I sent that one type of video. It was relevant to what they were doing. It wasn't like, well, here's a wedding. And that would have been the most relevant. If that was the most relevant thing I had, it would have been what I had. But yeah. he claimed, his assistant claimed they got other emails from people and they sent wedding videos. So I was that one edge up because mine was in congruence with what they were wanting. Even though these other people may have even been equally as talented, seeing exactly you can see like wedding couples don't want to see a nightclub video and be like wow i bet they could do a great wedding video i mean yeah. that may be true but simultaneously they want to see weddings and other venues and other things and be like i see myself in that mm -hmm. so as you have certain ideas of people you'd like to work with if you can find if there's more than one and it's not all completely all over the place and random all the time but if they can all have some alignment you find sure. that one you make it and then you leverage that to get that next one and then that starts to get seen and then you will have the people who who come to you um but i always yeah. I, i've been talking about lately too the one trick pony thing your mm -hmm. little sizzle or even the little teaser one that you can create is a trick but hopefully not your only trick because yeah. then what you can do is is you can use that as a door opener to say here's what i'd like to do for you let's just show how this is to work together now here's what we could do after that I could create consistent con, you know, whatever. And then you, you'll have to figure out there's no, I mean, I filmed events and conferences. So, you know, our main deliverable was initially the music video. Then it was the music video with interviews and then it was still music videos with interviews. It was just more of them. And so we would do mm -hmm. one, you know, if we got say 15 testimonials, the main video that has those in there might have eight of those 15 into the one video and they're interwoven together. Yeah. But then we might take what we were calling a case study and we'll make an edit on one individual. So out of the 15, maybe eight of them were incredible. So we might say, hey, we have the ability to make eight more edits from this just on these individual people kind of giving their story. Mm -hmm. and so that took me from a guy who could on average charge 2,500 and maybe 5,000 for just a music video to being able to charge six to 10 to 12 to 15. I mean, it depends on the client. You could make one. Sure. I mean, I'm I've had friends who do one video for 80 grand and it's nothing unbelievable. It's just the clientele they're working with. So the mm -hmm. people I was overall running around with, you know, that eight to 12, six range, and then being able to have those extra videos that we can create um, were what we did. So you just got to say what kind of videos you want to create, create one of those, 
and then have that ability to start putting that in front of some people that you maybe strategically know that you either one, want to work with or two, could you know use that type of work. And you can either do the first one. I mean, I've done this where we've done the first thing for free and then it's the ability to paint the picture and the vision of what else could be done together. I mean, I have another buddy I'm thinking about. He worked with this one um, nonprofit and the first video, he actually had spent almost because he doesn't shoot himself or edit. Mm. So he spent almost $2,500 to, and he has the ability to take that gamble. And, you know, if you're all encompassing, then you don't need to have the cost necessarily right now of having to hire shooters and editors. Sure. But he spent almost $2,500 getting this project done, but that turned into $25,000 worth of work for him. But that first mm. video was all free. Um, now, would you suggest, like in his case, did he go to the nonprofit first and say, I'll do it for free? Or did he shoot it on his own and just present it to him and say, you know, this is what I could do. Would you like more? Well, there was levels of permission access needed to be granted. So it wasn't okay. like some things for sure. There's an ability to do certain things where you almost don't even need permission and you can just mm -hmm. do it. And say, Here it is. Yeah. Uh, some of the stuff that you're going to want to do for you will be much harder because you have to almost have access to people to interact with. Yeah. Um, you can't just, I have a, sorry, I have to things are easy yeah. to do that, but interview things are less easy to, to do that with. Yeah. And I've, I've had this idea for a couple of weeks now where there's a restaurant in town. It's a chain. It's like a franchise locally mm -hmm. and they're very into surf culture and it's mm -hmm. like a taco shop. So I thought something that I, if it was up to me, doing like a little video series about surf culture here in Florida, Perfect. you know, it doesn't have to be about the restaurant at all, but it could be, you know, presented by, it's called Jimmy Hula's, sure. uh, presented by Jimmy Hula's. Should I go and approach them beforehand and say, and I actually have met the owner before and say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. Or should I go bang it out, make it how I want it. And then say, is this something you're interested in? What do you think? Well, yeah, you, well, one, I won't typically don't sell, I'm not big on sell the thing you did to them. Some people okay. will do that, but it's, okay. it could be, because I've seen people go, there's, there's one that I know who gets a bad rap somewhere around where I live, and they go into businesses almost alluding, at least from what I've heard, I actually probably need to dig deeper, but they go in alluding that things are free. They do the video. And then essentially there's this level of like, if you want the video, if you want to use the video, you're going to have to pay mm. me for it. Otherwise, okay. it's on my website, and you can send people to the website and you don't have to pay for it. It just mm. comes across a little shifty and shady because it's kind of misleading and misguiding. So okay. um, now that doesn't mean you can't go do the video, give them that video, share that video with, I mean, he's, I've done that. My buddy I'm mentioning has done that where we have done things and we, we gift that to people. And then that's just a door opener. Okay. More like, and then you have to paint the picture of why they would need more than that one video, right? Like they might be like, oh, this is great. We're good to go. You know, yeah. and they don't want to do anything else. But, <laughs> and you got to be looking at who you're asking to do these things at times as well. Like my buddy I was just with in Baltimore, he, his wife uh, works, at his, or works at her mom's dance studio. And I guess in the next 10 or 15 years, it's going to be passed on to her. Mm. My buddy Brian's incredible at, Facebook ads and stuff. So like three times a year when there's these certain launches, he's running ads out of his own pocket to get people into this studio. He set up the whole funnel. He's done the whole thing. And I guess I originally made a little freebie video when I was out there in Baltimore, I don't know, four or five years ago. And he, uh, <laughs> he said they had, I think, 40 to 60 students 
And I think in a year of him running ads, and this place, mind you, they had been open for a while. Like this wasn't, they had yeah. gotten to the 40, 60 and, you know, over, over time, but, uh, you know, they weren't doing that great. Like the video I even had didn't have that many kids in, in the thing. So he started running this. I think he said they're up to like four or 500, uh, you know, students now. And wow. it's all through this ads, this all whole little ad strategy. He's put, he's put my video into the funnel, like these different things. And he's got yeah. the whole thing set up. But I said, now, how do you sell that to her? Cause it's working and their business is quadrupled by him yeah. doing this. How would he goes, I'm her, you know, son-in-law, da, 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 da. And he goes, I honestly don't know that I'd be able to convince her because some of these really small businesses are difficult to wrap their brains around how a thousand dollar a month ad spin and da 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 is going mm-hmm. to translate into whatever. And I'm not saying for you to become an ad person, but like in general, yes. whether you're making the videos or whatever, you've got to look at what type of business and where, where, where they're at. And, and so you could do something. I've had people that never have paid me. It's never turned into anything, but just keep in mind sometimes my buddy going from 2,500 to 25,000, that organization had the capacity to yeah. pay that kind of money. Sometimes we do things for people where they may not have the capacity to pay twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've I've said the scenario with SEO. Like you know, SEO company the guy is five hundred dollars a month. SEO company is five thousand dollars a month. You can make one similar type of video, interview people, interview clients, get testimonials, da da da. But the one a client's only worth six thousand dollars a year at the end of the year. The other one it's worth sixty thousand. And my yeah. buddy did a free video for a, a big SEO company. When they got done, they didn't, I mean, they were like, it was a free one. And so they were like, okay, well, whatever. And he did it. And they were like, this is actually really good. Like, we feel <laughs> like we owe you money for this. Like, what do you want? And he's like, I don't know. My friends, this was early in his career. He's like, my friends are saying this should be worth three to $5,000. And they gave him three grand. So wow. it was a free video that that video turned into money, but they had the capacity to do that. Mm-hmm. So there's that to just keep in mind when you are approaching, working with and doing things that sometimes you might just want to do it. So you can just do it, but, and then attempt to paint that picture and sell that project or sell more, but just keep that in mind. Sometimes we're going to do things for people that we just, it fulfills us. It might sure. not have the ability to turn in anything, but I don't know that, you know, the place, they may be a booming thing that, that definitely could. So just, yeah. I think too, I don't know either, but for something like that, I much prefer spending my time creating something that I will like at the end of the day than going and shooting, you know, restaurant footage and whatever. Like I just would prefer to do the story of, you know, and that's, I guess that's the biggest, I mean, so far that would be one of the biggest takeaways from this is do that. If that's the one that's sticking out, if that's one been on your mind, if that's a version of what you'd want other people to pay you to do, you've got to do that. Because mm-hmm. if you got, if all of a sudden randomly they contacted you to make exactly what you said, quote unquote subway style, you're like, oh, they'll give me $1,500. And then you go make this like normal, you know, film in the restaurant, whatever their, their, their expectation, they got a little cheese ball commercial they show you and you're like, okay, yeah. Because yeah. you have the confidence and the capability. That's the biggest curse of creatives is we're competent and capable sometimes to do too many things. I mean, yeah. I've offered Photoshop jobs in my past, you know, mm-hmm. and website things and all sorts yes. of random stuff, right? Because I knew how to do it. And mm-hmm. if somebody, you know, caught wind, oh, Michael or Gebs or whatever, he knows how to do this. And they come to me and they'll give me money. It was like, okay. Yeah. You know? But then it can be hard to transition out of that because you'll always have mm-hmm. people. I mean, my mom still is like, why aren't you shooting weddings? 
<laughs> because yeah. my ability to earn what I earned with weddings and everything else was maybe far more than her. And so there's this like almost judgment against like, you don't do them anymore. Like, why don't, don't you do turn them? down free money? Don't turn down free money. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and so, but for me, I've always been guided to, I guess, intuitively without knowing it. Now I'm really in tune with it. But like, if I'm not feeling, cause I got, I, I reinvented a few times within weddings. And then it was mm -hmm. like, I just uh, internally, I, I can't figure out how to get re-excited about this. And I'm not going to yeah. go through my life at half capacity, you know, mm -hmm. and like half, I was, I mean, I poured, and that's how I got to where I got to. I was all in. My heart was all in. My passion was all in, but I knew it would suffer. And I was almost disservicing each couple that I continued to take on knowing that my heart's not all in it. Yeah. And so I think for you, it, some people, if you take on that, like everything you take on that you're like, you don't want to do and you're having this little behind the scenes like this kind of sucks but i mean i'm grateful that i have a job you know i'm grateful mm -hmm. right there's always that battle but at the same time you seem very clear about what you want and what you want to do so now yeah. it's just a, a matter of making sure that you take a little bit more charge and just do some of that stuff mm -hmm. and then what you'll find is i think for you with probably the relationships and connections you have you'll infect people because when you're working on a job that you're like just thrilled to do and everything about it is exactly what you want to create and that final product you can look at and be so proud of and like want to show to people versus like, well, I don't want anybody to even know I did yeah. that. You know, that's going to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. I'm like that now where I'm like, I hope they don't put my name on it or like put my, you know, watermark. I don't want to be not an associate. I'm fine with I it. I get it. But I just. That's not who I wanted people to think I am. Yeah, and you're not not. I, I, and you're the kind of person. You're not not doing your like. You're not doing a good job. It's not about that. Like when I made a choice yeah. to do something that I may not want to do, it mm -hmm. didn't mean I didn't do a good job. It just I know I wasn't doing my best best work because yeah. I wasn't pumped to do it. So I will do yeah. my like best. You know, there's that time two best. It's like I'm going to show up. I'm not going to be mediocre. Yeah. But at the same time, there's that level of like, man, if I go down this path for too long, that's going to be a problem. Like, I don't know yeah. how I can keep doing it. It's so, like hard work is hard work, but hard work and passion is another level. It's a level up because you're, I mean, yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, God, the, the, the hustle, like right now, you know, I've had people randomly fill out the form to do a call like this right now, but that's like 1%. Now, will it always be 1%? Not necessarily. But in the beginning, I have to, how are you on the call? I'm pretty sure you're on the call because we had, you might be one of the exceptions. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure we had an interaction in Messenger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I saw your stuff in the group and, you know, I liked it and I'm very into the personal development and watching yeah. Gary Vee and sure. Tony Robbins and like getting inspired by that, but also knowing it's in yourself to take charge and do it. Yeah. So yeah. And I appreciated you like your drive. So I was like, all right, well, he's offering it for free as long as it can be used in the podcast. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but so, but there's been a level of like 80, 90, 95%. I'm actually having to, to muster up this courage to actively put this in front of people while even still the majority either ignore me which is probably the bigger one or number two go you know i don't trust you you're scam like some kind of weird that's the smaller very very small percentage but it still yeah. hurts when i know i care i know i'm a trustworthy guy i know i want to help people yet people who don't know me they'll assume anything and mm -hmm. so 
I've had to do that with video. Like when I was getting going, there's this level of, you're not in demand. Nobody knows who you are. Right now, you're definitely on certain levels, right? Like they know who you are for what you don't want to do. And yeah. so you're getting seeked out because everything you're doing is what you don't. So they're going to expect you to do what you don't want to do because all you share is what you don't want to do. And you might maybe, I shouldn't say what you even share because you're attempting to do your best to probably disassociate. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that through the universe, through everything else, like there's not, there's an attraction for what you're currently putting out. And what you're putting out is not what you're in alignment with wanting to do. And as soon as you start to take those steps, it'll yeah. be harder up front. It's not going to just fly into your lap. I think those are the unicorn. I, I say it's like the unicorn at the end of the rainbow. I've been using this scenario lately. It's like the fact of somebody who throws up one YouTube video or puts up a post and then, oh my gosh, and maybe you had a glimpse of that, right? Like I did this stuff on Facebook. I don't know what I did. It blew up and now it's not. Well, that sucks. Why doesn't it, you know, and so yeah. it's unicorn stuff. But what I find is, is for you, I mean, at least what I'm seeing here, and maybe there's some holding back, but through the years of studying these profiles, you're a driven woman. And, and if, yeah. if you put your mind to it and get some clarity about what you want to do, you'll go after it. You won't yeah. sit and be super scared to like yeah. send a message and reach out. Whereas again, you're opposite and people have been on these calls are really, really, really scared to reach out to anyone. They're hoping they're doing the field of dreams. I hope people contact me. I posted on Facebook and I hope I'm found. And so yeah. I've done that. The podcast is out. These things are out. I've done that with video. I put things out. And yes, you do get found that way. And the more and more and more you grow and the more you do it, then the more that stuff can come and you feel like you're not doing anything. But those beginning stages, I think people take for granted, the more you're willing to reach out and, and connect with people and do those things and put yourself out there, the faster you can grow. And that's the only difference. You can take the other way. It just may take a whole hell of a lot longer than if yeah. you're more active about it. And it, it's, I mean, it can be scary because I mean, you don't know. It's like judgment. What are they going to think of me? What are they going to say? Are they going to say no? I mean, for every Tony Robbins and Tim Ferriss email I've sent that something happened from, there's freaking God knows how many that nothing happened from, you know? Sure. So. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking there? No, I think that's great. I think it's just good to hear kind of, I internally, I know that's what I want to do, but hearing it from a professional, it's been successful is nice. Sure. It's not, you know, I thought maybe coming into this, you'd be like, well, no, you should really focus on, you know, doing some weddings just because you should have that in your back mm -hmm. pocket. But hearing that, you know, and I, I think too, just blocking out people who say there's no, there's no way you can make money doing doc style stuff. There's no way you got to, you got to diversify. And, you know, I have been doing that just to kind of say, well, I could, if I had to, if I had $1 left, I could shoot a wedding or I could shoot real estate or whatever. I know how to do it. I've done it. But now I think, okay, getting into the mindset of, I know I can do these things. I can be confident in that, but I know what I want to do and I'm going to pursue that. So I think that's just having that, you know, having someone else listen to that and hear me, it's like, okay, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. I, 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 you know, I don't, I know exactly what I'm going to say, but the amount <laughs> of internal frustration towards the fact, cause I've felt that I've experienced mm -hmm. that. And what I'm trying to do here in the, in the, like, I want to bomb the world with what, cause there's a lot and they're not ill intended. They're just, potentially unaware because we tend to tell people what we want or don't want. So mm -hmm. 
if I don't want to do weddings, but you do, and I hate weddings, I may talk you out of or attempt to tell you why weddings aren't that good and why you shouldn't want to do it. Or yes, I've heard, I had a guy who did the coaching with me and right out of the gate, he goes, no, you're a little contradictory. He goes, Parker's telling um, everybody to, to do everything and you're going to get bored in one thing. Yeah. He, he partly is getting bored in one thing. He doesn't want to do weddings. So this diversification thing is true for sure. But the person I was talking to, you as well, are very clear about what you want. Mm -hmm. When one is clear about what they want, they don't need to go 100 million direct. If you wanted to go from California to Florida, why would you jump on a plane and go to Australia? I mean, I guess if you want to explore and be random, that's fine. But if you're clear about, I want to get to Florida, why wouldn't you just start moving in the direction, find out how to get to Florida? Because you yeah. know I want to be in Florida. And so I think that People who need, I talk about massive and perfect action. And sometimes it needs to become massive specific action because when we're unclear, then being random can actually be, it can be advantageous, failing fast, trying things, doing things, experimenting, but under a filter and lens and context of I'm going to, which a lot of people don't talk about this, I'm going to feel out how these things are. And is it, is it, a, is it a resistance because I got to grow and I got to get better, but I want to? Or is it a resistance because I'm a fish climbing a tree and this freaking sucks and other people are telling me to do it and I'm only doing it by proxy of because some influential friend, family, whomever is telling me to do this thing. And so I'm trying to, you know, not let them down, do what they say. They may know better or whatever. And I just, I have gone down so many rabbit holes because I basically lacked confidence and self-esteem and self-worth. And I looked up to people who I thought were, and I'm not saying they weren't. We're smarter though and knew better and knew the answers and I, I felt wanted to see me succeed and all these things were true. The one little nuanced element that was being missed was, again, the context was, here's what I'd do if I were you, if I were still me it, with your problem. And so why I'd have these assessments in these things and why I ask the questions is because, I mean, my biggest success story to date. He was filming weddings and dance recitals and everything. Just like I had, I was Geb's total video, everything for everybody. And I said that, what would you do if you didn't need money? And he said, poker runs. He's like, that's what I love. I've been doing one for free for four years, but he, he hated weddings. And like the, 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 you know, success he was having him was so spotty because it's like, I don't want to do it. And as soon as he literally took massive imperfect action towards poker runs. He reached out to every one of them across the United States, like 200 plus. He got a $50,000 contract within five months. He was hardly making any money in video for years because other people were saying that. Well, weddings are one of the easiest things to get into. That is true. But it's not true that you're going to have success in something you do not want to do. Yeah. You can have something you're not good at and you can get better at it for sure. Like my speaking and all this that I'm doing right now. I mean, there's a video I've shared before of me like, well, I, you know, I'm better <laughs> behind the, you know, that was like 10 years ago and now I'm probably 12 or 13, but actually, yeah, a lot longer. That was like 15 years ago. I was 18. I'm 33 almost. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we change over time and now I much prefer to be in front of the camera than for sure I do behind, but that was mm -hmm. an evolution. But at the same time, um, sometimes we don't know what we're going to love and we don't know. And until we have the contrast, but I think you've, you've had levels of experience and you know it. So the, well, just let me have 80 things. That, Cause I saw you even says on your website resume to me, a resume is a, I mean, when worded resume 
is a very awesome. job-minded type of mentality. Like I need to make sure I have this long Rolodex of random things I've done so that if I get hired somewhere, they can see I'm competent and capable to do any random ass task that they want me to do. Mm-hmm. And, and versus for me, I mean, I had a girl that was an artist and she was, she is wicked, wicked talented. And she, she got going and was doing, she was spending a hundred hours on these uh, like portraits of people. Mm fantasy art. It was amazing though. And my one buddy ended up being on a call and he said, I'm going to pay you a thousand dollars for that thing. She was spending a hundred dollars or a hundred hours for a hundred dollars. Hmm. He goes, I'm going to pay you a thousand bucks. And she started to get, she got uh, this girl of Nerdist, uh, Jessica Cobalt. She got to do one like these different things. Hmm. And uh, then a few years later, I said, where, I don't see those anywhere on your site. And she goes, well, somebody, <laughs> she goes, well, somebody once told me to not share the things that I don't want to do. Oh. <laughs> and that was somebody was me. And she's like, I hate doing these portraits. Hmm. And so I stopped. It's not, I don't take any on, but I don't ever promote them anywhere. I don't put them on my website. I don't, I do everything to not attract it, but here and there I'll take something on, but as a whole, I don't yeah. want to do them anymore. So there's that level of like, you got to start putting to the universe, the things you want. You got to start creating them. You got to start working towards it because you have the safety net right now. Yeah. Um, but you also have to, you run out of time in a day on some levels, we have to gauge the amount of time that we have and potentially also eliminate certain things that, you know, uh, these little safety net randomness that may or may not like really take an internal look at certain things, you know, and just see whether you got to keep them going. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm pumped for you because you're, you're, you're going to be hundred percent just fine, like hundred thousand percent. And, and you're, you're going to, I mean, you've got the personality, you've, you've got the, the, you know, personable, you know, people, I don't know. It's just, you know, for me, when I hear these things, it's just like, that's why I, I got to push that much harder with what I'm doing because the amount of people, even if it's indirectly who are believing they need to do things because somebody else either does it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I want to shine a light on that one guy who just posted in full-time filmmaker and see how like right now it's a brain thing. It's a personality brain thing. Why a guy with 500 grand in the bank can't quit his job. Cause he's saying he's afraid. Mm-hmm. I mean, pardon me, but like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not that much in fear until I have like less than $5,000 in the bank. If I had mm-hmm. 500,000, I'd be lazy as crap and wouldn't push to do anything. But that's how I'm wired. Yeah. Like I need the pressure to get you back against the wall. Mm-hmm. Whereas that guy his back so far against the wall and he still doesn't have the courage to make that leap because there's a, there's a brain thing going on and it's not good or bad or right or wrong, but like, you know, it's wiring. It's a wiring thing for sure. And, 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 and it's not being taught a lot. And, 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 and Gary talks about some of it. I mean, he's still talking to the world and I'm definitely, we're in alignment on a lot of things, but people still, his actions speak so loud versus even his words right now, because it's still, he Mm -hmm. loves to work 18 hours a day, seven days a week. Whereas other people see that and then think, even though he's saying not to, they see that as what success looks like. Mm -hmm. So if I don't work like that, then I probably won't be successful. And they're struggling to try to keep up with that kind of lifestyle. So yeah. just get, if you get people who get aligned with what's right for them move so much faster. That's why when you start, when your brain can start eliminating everything that you know isn't right, you'll start knowing what to say yes to, what to say no to, and you'll move a hundred times faster than when you're 
kind of in this like, Ugh, okay, I'll take it. But, and you know, and then there's yeah. procrastination that kind of sets in and, and different things on those types of projects where you probably don't procrastinate. Most people don't procrastinate on things they're excited to do. Yeah, um, definitely. I have one last question. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm good still from, I'm okay. having a lot of the conversation. So I mean, okay. what I learned, I'll say this real quick. I yeah. heard a thing from Joe Rogan. I don't know whether people like him or not. It's irrelevant. Oh, I love him. <laughs> he said this thing with uh, Jordan Peterson and mm. he was being interviewed by Jordan Peterson. And um, he said way back in the day, everybody said he was an idiot for starting a podcast. Why would you do that? What a big colossal waste of time. And then he said, people were literally saying, and on top of that, you really need to cut down these three-hour-plus-long episodes. Like, ain't nobody listening to three-hour episodes. You need to get them down to maybe 30 minutes to an hour. And he literally was like, I don't give a flip whether anybody listens to any of it. I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me. And I think that yeah. even in the last, like, probably 24 to 48 hours, I've had just another – I've had this multiple times in my life, but another level up where there's the thing, like, even doing these calls where – Look, an hour just flew by like a bat out of hell, and I'm like, God dang, it's already over. I want to, you know, keep this dialogue going on some level. But it's like I've learned that when you people who achieve extraordinary results, they don't think like everybody else. That's the point I want to make. And yeah. so when everybody else is saying you're crazy, why would you do that? There's no money in this. There's no money in that. You got to do this. You got to do that. Like you're gonna achieve things they'll never achieve because you don't think like everybody else thinks. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a trend I've seen. Um, and if you can ignore those, the internal cricket for one, which you yeah. don't really have one from what my buddy was saying, <laughs> much of a cricket, but we either have an internal or we have external crickets. And if we can ignore those crickets, it's game over. So question. Yeah. So my question is, would you, if you were in my position, put a date on, okay, in one year, in one month, in one week, you know, if you really want to pursue traveling full-time for a while, would you say, should I like put that on a calendar or would you make it more like, mm, you know, so I'm bad of at the future date. I'm more at the, so when I started, it was not, I'll do this. And so it's not, let me go to school for it. So, so the alternative of my original scenario is I'm in high school and it's, do I go to college or not? Mm. I already had a little momentum with making some money within video production. Now it wasn't, full-time money or anything. I made like 4,000 my junior year and 8,000 my senior year. So I still lived in my parents' basement. Now, I could have said, do I say, well, let me go to college for one year, see how that goes and, and whatever else. And then I can try to maybe after that, if I see if I don't like it, then I'll go back and continue to try to you know do this video thing. I said, I don't want to go to college. And I said, let give me, I told my parents, give me one year for video mm -hmm. and I went all in. So I kind of created this. I've already jumped out of the plane a little bit. I was making a little bit of money and I knew I had a, enough of a safety net because I didn't, I needed like five to $800 in a month. And so you take that and that's less than a thousand dollars is 12,000 in a year. So if I'd already earned eight, I thought I'd earned 16. <laughs> mm -hmm. I thought I'd double again. At least. Yeah. Right. So I made 60 that year because I was a hundred percent all in, in every way, shape, or form. So for me, future dates, like, well, let me put a date on a year from now, and then I'll take the leap. Doesn't work well for me. Okay. Um, I, I'd rather leap and figure it out. Than, because what I'll do, what I just tend to do with dates that aren't real, but created by me, this is just my own personality trait, I just change it if it's not working out. 
Mm-hmm. So unless I have a client who says my event is on September 22nd, <laughs> you will be there or your ass will be screwed, you yeah. know, and you'll owe me money back or something. I mean, they're not saying that, but that's the truth, right? If you have a wedding right. on September 22nd and you just decide I don't want to show up today, like you're going to have a problem. Yeah. Um, but if I decided on September 22nd, I'm going to quit my job, unless you're a very self-disciplined individual, September 22nd rolls around and things aren't quite right for you yet. You're like, well, maybe it's going to be October 22nd. That'll be yeah. when it is. So yeah. You guys got to ask yourself, who are you? Are you super, super disciplined where if you put some random date on the calendar six months from now, are you going to live up to that? Or would you potentially push it back because it's not quite ready? Yeah, I don't know. I think I would probably be in the mindset, yeah, well, you know, this is going well. Let me add a little bit and, you know, maybe I'll wait a little. Yeah, so. That's what I'm saying. Like the guy with the 500 grand, they'll probably be, he either loses his job. I mean, that's what you see. There's somebody like Pat Flynn of smart passive income who's out there. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. losing his job. If you see, uh, it's called I'm Fine Things. This guy, Grant Peel, did this documentary. And um, I can send you the link to it. But um, it's a whole bunch of these types of scenarios. I mean, Star Wars is that. It's an inciting incident. Luke Skywalker would have never gone after being a Jedi had, you know, his aunt and uncle not died. Like he Mm -hmm. was safe, he was comfortable, and then he was forced because he had no other option. But a lot of times we're safe and we're comfortable. So as a bot proxy, we can always tell our mind all sorts of things as to we should or shouldn't and justify why. Um, so you just got to look at your patterns. You've got plenty of life that you've lived to what your patterns are to doing yeah. or not doing certain things. And so can you, can you push through? Is there, you know, where are you at right now financially? I mean, you can still, I think the first steps for you anyways are just do some of these work that you really want to do while you have yeah. the safety and the security and nothing's going away and get a little taste of that. Mm-hmm. See how that feels. Start putting some feelers. You start getting some things because I mean, look, if you're talking about needing less than a thousand dollars, I mean, truly, if you get all dialed in and your life is going to need like a thousand dollars a month to live. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot easier ways of helping people make a thousand dollars at times than it is to find people who are going to pay you $25,000 for a project. If you needed 10 grand a month to live, um, and you're only able to get $800 for a project. Well, mm-hmm. you need a lot of eight. I mean, you need almost 10, eight, you know, 11, 12, $800 projects in a month. Yeah. You might not have enough time in that month to even pull off that many projects. And so now yeah. you might need two, 4,000. Well, are you around the right people who are willing to pay you four or $5,000 for projects? Whereas when you're still in that zero to like 1500, that's almost the, anybody with a brother, you know, anybody with a pulse will pay you $800 to go do something. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and I have two people I know right now who both were mentored under me. They're local people and, you know, one's 80 times busier than the other person. And yet the projects they're getting are 500 to 1500, maybe $2,000. And the other guy's happening to get three to $5,000 for what he's doing. So he's making and earning far more working less. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you right now, if you don't need it, getting you to a thousand or $1,500 a month, I just don't think that's going to be a difficult, difficult thing for you to, uh, to accomplish or to do. So, yeah, I just got to do it. That's it. (laughs) You know, again, being bullish about certain things. I mean, I, I literally, that is the only, that is like the key that massive and perfect action, action cures almost everything, right? Like Mm -hmm. if, if if your arm is cut off and you take zero action, you're going to bleed out, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very explicit, 
But we get that. If we were bleeding out, we'd do something. We'd take an action to make sure we, we get that taken care of so we don't bleed out and die. But in life, sometimes we don't have that much direness to our situation. So it's easier to, to learn and listen and, and all these things. But sometimes people like you, I mean, like you said, I mean, I think there's a level of like the encouragement here and a little bit of permission and you're off for the races, you know? Yeah, um, yeah exactly. And, 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 that's a, and that's a big thing. But action, that one guy, he reached out to the 200 poker runs for years. Like the year before, he's like, well, yeah, I mean reached out to some poker runs and you know nothing really happened and when we really got better friends he's like you know man it's like i probably reached out to like five mm-hmm. <laughs> and they all said no you know and he wasn't super confident it was kind of like i'll just throw the fishing line out eh, nothing i didn't get anything yeah, yeah but then you won't be disappointed if it doesn't happen it's like well i didn't really try that hard so it can't hurt me you know so i feel that you know well you know what a lot of people i was just talking to my buddy about this when we were in Baltimore. A lot of people do not, they do not actually execute because now they can actually have the ability to fail, which could then kill their dream. Whereas yeah. if I can just stay in dreamer state and like, you know, tip my wa- toes in the water, I'll never drown if I'm never in the water. You know, if I just, oh, yeah. I feel okay. All right. I tried. I was in the water a little bit, you know, so yeah. you do those things. And, and that's where, I mean, people say it all the time. There's plenty of quote pictures there's plenty of celebrities. There's plenty of whoever who say these things, but inherently we may not believe them or understand them, but those people we may look up to, they fail, they make mistakes and they drown more than most of us will ever even tip our toes in the water our whole lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's like, it can just be safer to keep this thing alive. The funny thing is, it's almost more dead in a failure by not doing it. Like I've trained my mind to believe that the worst thing that's going to happen is I get a no and I get a no when I don't ask or try, but at least if I try, I could still get a no, mm-hmm. but now there's an opportunity. Yeah. And so that's where sending the Ferris email, sending the Robbins email, sending these things, there's an ability for them to of course say no, to not respond to me, whatever, but there's also a chance. There's a chance. Yeah that something could happen. And a lot of people don't even try for that chance because we can imagine. And storytellers and videographers and creatives, we're the greatest imaginers on planet earth. You know, we can imagine anything. And so we can create a reality that we're actually successful and things are working when in fact the, the making money part potentially is non-existent because we're not really actually doing things that, that generate any money. So yeah. Anyways. Well, thank you so much for your insights. Rock and roll. <laughs> Appreciate it. There you have it. Another episode of Jumpstart Sessions. And I hope you enjoyed that episode. So if you yourself would like to be coached on a future episode of Jumpstart Sessions, just head on over to jumpstartsessions.net and click get coached on the podcast. Again, as of the recording of this episode, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. I would really love to help you gain a greater level of clarity, confidence, and connection in your life and alignment in your business so that you can move faster and make things happen without so much resistance. So I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Have an amazing rest of your day and keep rocking and rolling. Take care. 